Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. 45. It's In This League with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. On the radio. 30. I'm on right now. I don't believe you. You boys in line. We're back. Hour two. It's in this league right here on Sports Grid. Mighty 1090. On the app. On all the pl- on all the places but Sirius. Not on Sirius. But we <laughs> are on all the other Sports Grid products. It is Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. Thank you guys for t- the famous Chris Welsh. If you didn't. Not the Reds pitcher famous one. But the famous uh, viral uh, internet <laughs> superstar for the never. wrong reasons. For right. Never. But for never. Um, welcome back. To the show, no DH, no expanded playoffs, no fun. That's what baseball said. Not even going to consider any of the stuff. And people should remember the reason behind that. Oh, it's because there is a dirty, nasty, stinky labor agreement that's about to go down. And it's going to be not good. And baseball is bearing down. I think the Players Association is bearing down. I'm shocked that they came to an agreement to push them. I mean, if there's one thing the PA and baseball has agreed upon is their lack of care for minor leaguers. That is definitely the case. (laughs) And so I was about to say, I'm shocked that they agreed to push the minor league season, but if they care about anything less, it's about the players that aren't making them money. And that's been agreed, but they did come to an agreement that there's going to be alt site and taxi squads, which I'm kind of surprised about. But they just said, nah, no fun, no DH. So all the people holding out for the DH thoughts, baseball said it isn't even coming up. It ain't going to happen, man. Yeah, it uh, it really, really sucks. Uh, I, I like the expanded playoffs. And the universal DH is just going to happen. Like As long as they get stuff worked out next year, we're going to hand, we're gonna have the, uh, the DH everywhere. We're going to have the expanded playoffs. So it's all going to happen eventually. But this is just stuff that, both sides are kind of keeping in their pocket for the negotiations for next year. So uh, because it has to be cordial and nice and done, there's just no way it can happen before things get contentious and drug out in the middle of the media. As we all know, that's going to happen because that's exactly what happened last year during the COVID season. Yeah, it's not great. And it's, it's kind of a bummer. You know, it hurts some values and, you know, early on, there were some GMs and some teams that really had the thought that this could happen. It would have changed some of the free agency takes, but not going to go down. And we're already seeing players get injured. We're seeing a lot of restructuring of how teams are going to play out, but it will not be to the benefit of a DH in the NL and there'll be no expanded playoffs. That's how you're going to have to adjust. Adjust with us. TGFBI team breakdowns, a little bit of a team breakdown coming up on the other side of this segment right here on In This League. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, 
No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Plus. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says... In this league. Hey, Farva, what's the name of that restaurant you like with all the mozzarella sticks? In this league. Oh. ITL on Patreon at patreon.com slash ITL army. Come and join up today. We've been there for a while. I think we're in like year five of being on Patreon. So we are not a fly by night Patreon. We have been producing comedy secret shows, almost a hundred worth, actually over a hundred. If you consider some of the movie things we've done, we've have group me rooms with hundreds, hundreds of like-minded people setting up leagues, hanging with us. You get direct access. And of course, all of our ranks, whether it's redraft with tiers, whether it's prospect dynasty, whatever, all the unique stuff that we do lives at patreon.com slash ITL army. If you'd like to support us, we would love to have you beginning of the month. So it's easy to justify and you probably got all your drafts coming up later in the month. So come and check us out. Patreon.com slash ITL army today. And Bogman will send you those amazing digital kiss sounds that he does. That was what we were doing earlier. Telling you, it's, it's like it's like a soundboard. I'm telling you, Bogman has a fully work in his future for <laughs> sure. We have been taking part in the industry draft TGFBI. We got a couple that are going on. It's a big draft time. Uh, I'm doing the prospects live. It's like the draft dynasty champion. I, I'm for, just forgetting the name, but it's just like crazy 30 team best ball five year dynasty. We've got TGF the GTHL LRC four nine seven yeah it's like it's like the next rocket ship that's going to explode for tesla or spacex (laughs) is the name of it and we've got tgfbi i got tout later this month there's a ton going down at tgfbi is definitely a fun one because i feel like you've got the opportunity to experiment with some different draft styles because like i said it's all or nothing and that's something i've learned i've had a lot of there's been a lot of new people out there that have been asking me some questions about like hey you know what would you do with this that have been joining and i just said you know listen it's go all in, you know, it like you're not going to get an award for finishing second in this league. And frankly, first, your last Ricky Bobby, let's go pretty tough to, you know, get anywhere with being first in your own league. Now you don't want to just completely burn out or anything like that. You'd like, everyone would like to finish pretty good and you have opportunities. Pickups are really big in this, but you know, I've gone safe. I, I think I've gone like a BPA before. I think I've gone safe. And this year, I've kind of molded it into a floor pitch. So I'm I'm like floor pitching, safe pitching, a decent amount of it. I've drafted technically five pitchers through nine rounds, through 10 rounds. So half of them have been pitchers. And I'm going with some volatile hitting that can put up some huge stats. And that has been my approach to this to see if, you know, if some things click because there's so much we don't know from this past season. So we'll start with my team and then Boggs, we can go over to yours. You want to get into this? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. So in the first round, 
I thought Trout might fall to me. He did not. He went five. And then the next guy I and wanted Jacob DeGrom. Pick seven, just to make that clear, too. Yes, thank you. I did pick seven. And Trout and DeGrom were my like on my board, and they went. I was sitting with a dilemma. Trey Turner versus Garrett Cole. This was my only dilemma that I had. A uh, little slight little Jose Ramirez in the back of my head. And I almost went with the high stolen bases in Trey Turner because he's very safe on the other front. And I decided to buck that trend and I went with Garrett Cole. I went with the top in a, so we ended up having five pitchers go in the first round and another three before I was up again. If you were in my position, I know you're not a big Trey Turner guy, but is Cole the pick? Is there anybody else you would have given, given consideration? Uh, yeah, I think Cole's the pick there. You know, Turner, it Turner is the argument. Uh, I think that that is so in your head, right? It, it was the correct Way to go. I do want to ask you after you give us your second round guy, if there is a different combo you would have rather had. Well, so. I, I can tell you right now that there's one that I, I'm not sure how I feel about it. And I think the volatility of the season will tell me, but coming back, uh, there were a couple of players I was looking at. Bellinger was dropping. Harper was dropping. Bichette all went three of the four picks before I was up. And I really didn't like the the situation that I was in. I didn't feel like there was elite, elite. Pi- I didn't want to double tap pitching. That's just not my, th- of all of the things I wanted to do, I didn't want to do pocket aces. And I didn't love a lot of the hitters. So I decided to go all in a little bit on a categorical chase. And I took Adalberto Mondesi. So I took him in the second round, which actually uh, Jesse Roach, who's over on fan tracks, did the exact same setup. And I think he was just... Uh, picking eight and he did the same exact two pick start. So you're asking me Cole Mondesi. Is there another combo? Yeah. I mean, I look at Turner Bueller. That's I what I was going to ask. That yeah. One, that, because that Turner one went one bit. pick after you in the first and Bueller went one pick after you in the second. So you, so you would have preferred Turner Bueller over Cole and Mondesi. I don't know. I mean, maybe in the slightest like the slight, slight, slightest, okay. I would have uh, considered that. I mean, there's I, I no think, way you were going to know that Bueller was going to come back to you because pitching goes high typically. There are five pitchers went in the first round of your draft, yeah. but after that, you know, only three went coming back your way. So I, I consider Bueller to be honest with you. I considered to go Cole and Bueller, and uh, it, it would have changed. You know, it would have probably changed a few things. Though, what would have been tough is like the fourth round. The fourth round was a really tough one for me. So I'll blaze to this a little bit. So the third round, I took DJ LeMayhew, uh, which I thought was a great value at that point, mid third round. I, I know he was going in the second in a lot of spots. That one I was very happy with, though. Obviously, I was looking at Kyle Tucker. You know, Kyle Tucker was another one I considered in the second round, praying he came back to me. He did not. And that would have been a huge one. So I took LeMayhew, who qualifies at three different spots. Then I double tap pitching in the fourth and fifth. I went Corbin Burns, who I think is a pretty good solid play. There was a big run of non-pitching going. And then I came back and I went Hinchin Ryu in the fifth round. So it's it's a boring floor, but you know, two solid pitchers to go deep. In the sixth, and we can talk about all of it after. This was a really, really tough spot for me in the sixth because I love Cattell Marte, but I saw a hole of some stuff that I needed. And I Almost went Jordan Alvarez. I almost went for the power and I almost went Castillo. <laughs> Thank God but, you didn't. But I decided, I, I know you do. I decided to go with Cattell Marte. Uh, by the way, the third highest EV in spring training right now because I fully believe we're coming back. Then my last four, well, yeah, let's go last four picks. I took Brad Hand in the seventh to get my first closer. In the eighth, around pick 120 something, I took Giancarlo Stanton for huge power. Patrick Corbin in the ninth. 
And then in the 10th, I'm the last person to uh, pick. I need a power. This is where the volatility comes into play, Boggs. I took Joey Gallo. So uh, I got some batting average. Even though I've got LeMahieu and Marte who are, you know, batting average kings, I took some albatrosses, which they can go both ways. They can, I could hurt the batting average value of LeMahieu and Marte with my albatrosses, or if the albatrosses are not horrific, I'm actually going to set myself in a pretty good spot. If Stanton, if uh, Stanton can stay healthy and hit 270 plus, and if Gallo cannot hit 210, and and you know obviously Mondesi doesn't go in a big run, I can help myself. I've now got two guys that could lead the league in homers. I got the stolen base potential leader. I've got crazy, crazy volatile hitting that is dangerous, built around a really safe floor pitching staff. One closer, uh, three starting pitchers through ten rounds. I think there's a, what, a lot to not like about this team, but sure, I'm, but, but I'm hoping. I'll I'll tell you what I like about it. What I like about it is that you you're taking the risk, and in TGFBI, you kind of need to. Sure, you need to get some floor picks, but there's plenty of floor picks that are going post round ten that you can grab. You know what I mean? So uh, I think you have three safe picks on this squad right now. I think Cole was safe. I think Lemayhew's pretty safe. I think Ryu's pretty safe. Outside of that, Mondesi's like a risk. Well, uh, not not as far as safe goes. I love Marte, but if we're looking at just objectively, these are your safe picks. I think that they're Cole, Lemayhu, and Ryu, and even Ryu can uh, have a little bit of argu- argument with his injury history. You know what I mean? But yeah, Mondesi, um, I, I love the risk in the in the second round because you're getting swipes there, and I know you really like taking swipes early. So it makes sense for a team that you build to to have him. And then, you know, I think Burns is a little bit of a risk. I don't necessarily think Hand is a risk, so maybe he's not risky. Oh, no, Stanton, that's just a closer. you took, and we all know how risky Stanton is. So yeah. uh, he, he can be a little dicey. But The payoff uh, <laughs> can be huge here. The big key is going to be, for me, to try to balance the best I can the rest of this draft uh, with more outfielders, more batting average guys, more just safe, you know, maybe boring accumulative players. And I've got my eyes on a few of those. We got to go to break. When we come back, we could talk a little bit more about this and maybe anything you would do different. And then we'll look at your team, which is kind of a completely different construction of what we've been talking about right here. It's ITL on Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. On YouTube. 
In this league. Oh, I remember. I love it. In this league. Wherever you want to go, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast, all the others, the baseball, the football, the basketball, all the stuff, all the things. There is lots of ITL to be had if you would like it. Of course, baseball being the baby, ITL Baseball Podcast and Prospect One, both you can take along with you. Pretty good resources for Dynasty and Redraft and just a couple laughs. Uh, that's what we really hope to do. A little entertainment. We're, we're sports entertainment without the grappling or the suplexes. That's right. No, uh... You know, no fake wrestling for us. I'm sorry, real wrestling, you know. Yeah. Uh, actually, I saw in one of our group me rooms, the guys were talking about a wrestling tournament that's happening right now. I was a little surprised by that. So yeah. what kind of wrestling tournament? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I guess like a real like like my son at ASU wrestles at. So, you know. oh, yeah. Like the wrestling that nobody in the world cares about. Everyone cares yeah. about Greco Roman wrestling. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Only Will Ferrell's character in the ladies man. Uh, cares about that so yeah don't care about any of that stuff i i, I did tell you the one time i went to one of those like wrestling training schools to check it out yeah the only wrestling we care about at itl is e-wrestling e-wrestling that's, that's true says. that is yeah. the number one e-wrestling all right so you know again like my team i got a lot of work to do um another thing is like if i'm building around this pitching i can't really take my foot off the pedal which is a little bit of a detriment i suppose because if I'm going to have this team that's going to like, you know, carry me with pitching, I got to keep going with it. So it's volatile hitting. We'll see. You know, we'll see if it's going to work out. There's a lot of ways it can go wrong. I need to probably do some more balancing on, um, you know, batting average. I think counting stats are looking all right right now. I've got stolen bases and I've caught up, you know, Gallo and, and Stanton with homers. So it's 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 a team I'm going to have to chase. And sometimes that's not fun. But it also, if things are working out, I'm going to have a, I got, you know, a top closer. I've got great pitching. I can compete there. I've got counting stat monsters in Mondesi, Gallo, and Stanton. But, you know, it could go wrong badly and I could go down to 10. You don't have the same case. You have what I would call boring yet fantastic. You have boring, some boring players. But as I'm looking across your team here, Boggs, you've got a really great setup that maybe your ceiling isn't the biggest in the world, but you got a high floor with not a lot of volatility, probably only two players I'd really pick at, and they didn't even go in your top, uh, what is that, top eight. So why don't you break down what you did from the five spot in your TGFBI draft? All right, so from number five, I got Mookie Betts there, uh, who's my number two player, but Fernando Tatis Jr. went one overall to Mike Warner, then Casey Varner took Garrett Cole, Markham took Acuna Jr., then Pianowski, who's picking right in front of me, took Jacob DeGrom. So two pitchers and two hitters go. So I got I get Mookie at five. So I think just starting from that spot, I really, really like, you know, to get my number two player number five. So which is why I I KDS I had five as my number one spot, thinking I would probably get Mike Trout there. And that was my thought process the whole time. And, you know, obviously I get my number two player. So very, very good start there. I am the guy that took DJ LeMayhew in the second round. I know in some other drafts, he also went in the second, but we've talked about this on, you know, our mock drafts, Welsh on our second base show, all, all of the things that we've done really is I don't like second base. I have a hard time filling it out. I also don't like first base, but we'll get to that in a second, but second base is probably the worst position to fill out this year, especially if you win. So there's not a lot of sure things. So I went ahead and short up DJ LeMayhew. Uh, coming back, I really wanted Eloy Jimenez, and he went one pick ahead of me mm -hmm. uh, to 
Scott Pianowski. So wasn't really happy about that. I hemmed and hawed a little bit. Uh, Clayton Kershaw was a consideration for me, as was Kyle Tucker here uh, as well. The Welsh, because, you know, that's kind of the situation you were in. You wanted Kyle Tucker, but I went with Whit Merrifield. I wanted to get some stolen bases early. So I went ahead and took my guy Whit. He was the highest guy on my board. So, yeah, you're right. Another boring player, but uh, I really like him here. So I scooped him up. Going into the fourth round, you know, this was a long turn that I had to wait, and I knew I had to go with the starting pitcher. So I had a bunch of guys queued up here, starting with, you know, the guy I just mentioned, Clayton Kershaw. I just couldn't take two Dodgers that early in my draft. Well, I want to enjoy this team. So there's just no way I was going to go with two Dodgers that soon. But I did have him queued up should he fall. He didn't even went two picks after I picked. Then Gallon, Snell, Glasnow, Maeda, Burns, and Carrasco all went ahead of my next pick, but my guy Fat Lance fell to me. I love Lance Lynn. I know you're not. You're gonna have uh, zero shares of Lance Lynn this year. Unless, do you have him in a keeper or dynasty anywhere? No, nope, I don't have him anywhere. I just so, I doubt I have him anywhere. So there will be uh, no rooting all for, for Lance Lynn for the Welsh this year. So I snapped him up in round four. And then in round five, I was kind of hoping that Barrios was going to fall to me. That was kind of my plan was get Lynn, get Barrios, and then kind of fill out my starting pitching staff from there. But the three picks just ahead of me were Sonny Gray, Kyle Hendricks, and Jose Barrios. So obviously that did not work out for me. So I took Josh Hader. I went with the, the second closer off the board because Liam Hendricks did go a couple picks after I took Lance Lynn. So I went with Josh Hader, got my first closer. And then coming back, I... You know, talk about how much I hate the first base position. Paul Goldschmidt was still there. That was probably the easiest pick of this draft for me was taking Paul Goldschmidt in uh, round number six. Then in round seven, coming back, I knew I needed another pitcher. I went with Granke uh, coming back in round eight. Kenley Jansen, you know, I want two top tier closers. I know you're not the biggest Jansen fan this year because he's been a little shaky, but he's got the closing role going into the season and the Dodgers are projected projected to win the most games of any team as far as betting numbers go since the 99 Yankees at 104 wins. So there's going to be plenty of save opportunities. I did a Bogman Cardinal sin Welsh. I I Mm. said most likely zero shares of this player uh, for me in the drafts this year. And, but Giancarlo Stanton, I have at a hundred, he was still available at 125. My hitters at this point, are Goldie, Merrifield, and Betts. I need some power. We're, so Eskimo, we're Eskimo Stanton bros. We are. We are Eskimo Giancarlo Stanton brothers. So I took him. I took Frankie Montas in round 10. And then my most recent pick in round 11 was Reese Hoskins to add a little bit more power to my squad. So I really like this team. I obviously have some starting pitching issues here, and I'm going to have to snap some up. I probably need another closer or two, and they are going fast and furious right now. But overall, I, I really kind of like this team, and I, I'm going to have to start taking risks. That's why I took Montas and took Hoskins here late in the draft because I went fairly safe early. So we're kind of building, like we said before, Welsh, opposite teams where you took your risk at the very beginning and you went off pitching. I took hitting and didn't take very many risks early. So now I'm going to have to start you know, taking flyers and all that stuff on the guys in the mid-tier, which can absolutely bury you. You know, you yeah. have two or three of those guys not work and you're completely hosed. So uh, it's we'll, tough. We'll I see I, how it pays off. I like your, I like your team a lot. Like it's funny. Our boy uh, Barwich, who's in the live chat watching with us, which is a perk of our Patreon uh, highest level. People can hang with us when we do the radio show. 
is he was like, he said, I love when I hate my team mid round. And it's actually an interesting point because I don't, uh, and I hope I get to that turn, but I wonder how you are ultimately, because if I were you, I would, I like this team. I think this is like, this is a solid safe team. You do need to hit on a couple you know, who would be a great player for your team coming up here soon. Just throwing this out to you would be like swinging for a Kelnick. You know, getting like a Jared Kelly yeah. or something. Like maybe coming back in round 13, because he's going to go soon. Because you just, there was a a whole brunt of uh, outfielders that went. Uh, you had Laureano, Brantley, Hap. Like that would be a really great dude for you to pull, like coming back as a big swing player, like a 2020 player who would easily be, if we knew he was going to be starting the entire season, he would be a player we're taking inside the top 100. He'd be treated like, to be honest with you, he'd be treated probably like Luis Robert. You know, Luis Robert was going around 85. If you knew he was going to break camp, that's where he would go. That's one of those swings that you could play with a safe team. I don't think there's as many of those big swings and risks you can take later on that really count like that. So, you know, where you can take them, I think it's great when you can afford it. I kind of did those early, which makes mine a little less fun because I got to get more boring. I got to balance out some <laughs> of the chaos that I put on this team. And also, there's not a lot falling. You know, my draft has been very reactionary. Like, I wasn't going in wanting to be super volatile. I kind of did. I will admit, I did want to take Mondesi. That was something I wanted to do in this. But I, I wanted more power. I wanted to be more power heavy. And mine was a lot more reactionary because like, I felt like, Jesus, Two picks every time before I was up, my guys would go. My, you know, I was like, well, crap. So I had to start doing some more reaching and, and not letting the draft come to me. I had to force the draft. And it's always a really nice benefit when the draft comes to you. And I feel like your draft has is, is, is come to you a little bit more. You got bets at five. So yeah. you, you've benefited from the draft coming to you a little bit more. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, you know, a, a lot of it is just depends on what league you're in and how things break and uh, obviously that's an enormous part of drafting for sure. But uh, yeah, I, I'm going to have to take risk. Kalanick is a really good one because if you look at my picks that I have queued up, they're still fairly boring. Like my, my next, my picks for the next two. And I can say this because, you know, uh, th- this is going to come out after I have these, this next couple picks. I have Marco Gonzalez uh, up at the top because I need another pitcher. Uh, and then I have, um, uh, Josh Donaldson up here, who is, I mean, to be fair, Josh Donaldson is risky and he's completely screwed me in uh, other leagues. But I think taking him in round 12, you know, 11, 12 here is going to it, it's not going to really kill me if this calf injury crops up again. So uh, hopefully not, you know, I'll keep my fingers crossed here. But that still leaves me at a detriment at uh, outfield. And I can't take, you know, Miguel Sano's on the board and I love taking Miguel Sano. Can't have him. I already have Goldie, uh, Giancarlo, and Hoskins, so I'm done with first baseman. Uh, and I have my CI filled out, my util, so can't do it. But uh, I kind of don't like that, um, which is another reason why I probably shouldn't take in Stanton, but it, it'll be fine. Yeah. Well, when we come back, do a little bit of a pivot Pivot off of baseball. If you missed any of it, you can go back and listen on the podcast. We talked and broke down a lot of the spring training stuff, some TGFBI. There is some football news, a big signing, other big stuff, cuts and a draft around the corner. So let's pivot to a little bit of football right here on In This League. Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah, man, I'll tell you who that dang old... In this league. Talk about www.wcomedy. Made you go click, 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 click. It's real easy, man. Uh, I don't know what you're saying, but that, that's what's going on, yeah. That's Bogman. This is Welsh. It's in this league. Right back on SportsGrid. ITL on SportsGrid. Thank you guys for tuning in. A little bit of football talk, Bogman. Your Pittsburgh Steelers are bringing back the boy, the man, Ben Roethlisberger, somehow... Even with a more aggressive, um, or I guess a more conservative is a better way to put it, more conservative cap, which did not bode well for a team like your Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger, do all the monies, all the monies in the world, has agreed to a new contract, and apparently the the deal is he's going to get fourteen million this year with voidable years beyond 2021, which is going to help some of the owed money. And it opens up 15 million in cap space for the Steelers this year. That still does not put them under the cap at this point, but I guess, you know, him restructuring and having a new deal makes it palatable so he can stay with the team. And it's just, because I think if, if he were to just convert some of the money to a bonus, it would have been still over like 20 something million. So they got it down to 14 million and he gets to stay a Pittsburgh Steeler at least for 2021. Yeah. And I'm looking at uh, over the cap, which of course we still don't know exactly what the cap number is going to be this year, but, it looks like it's between 182 and 185 million, but uh, it actually does show that the Steelers have 3.6 million dollars in projected cap space right now. So oh, nice. uh, I think that's because Marquise Pouncey they put on the retired list. Vance McDonald also retired. So there's a couple of contracts that you know once we hit the March 15th new year. They'll they'll come off of the books and the Steelers will actually have a little bit of cap money, which is nice, but it's still not enough to sign Juju. It's not enough to sign Villanueva. You know what I mean? So yeah. you're going to have to fill in a bunch of those spots. But getting Ben back and I know a lot of Steelers fans are like, well, you know, he even when he's been healthy, the Steelers haven't done much uh, late in the season for the last, you know, six, seven years. And, and that's true. But I watched Mason Rudolph for a full year. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is the other guy on the roster that they have. Uh, no, thanks. Pass on. I'd rather have Ryan Fitzpatrick than those guys. I mean, and, I think what, what it helps is the Steelers can have a clear cut. Like one thing they do amazing is draft receivers. One thing they don't right. necessarily need right now is receivers because they've got two incredible ones. They've got a makeshift backfield right now. But like, I think the clear cut plays for this team to continue to compete 
are you get your backup quarterback. You got to get your quarterback of the future in this draft. I think that's a huge key point. And I think you guys need a playmaker in some capacity, uh, whether it's another running back, maybe a tight end, just get another offensive playmaker. And then the rest just, you know, prob- I mean, I would say probably build around offensive line and maybe uh, like a pass rusher. I mean, you, you would know your your needs better, but in my mind, it's you get a pass rusher in the mid rounds, you take offensive linemen probably in like the second and the fourth, and then you get your quarterback and some type of a playmaker in there. Uh, um, I would think a running back. And that's how you build around this draft in a post Roethlisberger world. Do you agree or do you think like no playmaker, offensive line and a quarterback and that's it? It's going to have to be offensive line. They're not going to take a quarterback in this draft. It's just not going to happen. I mean, that's just uh, crazy. That's crazy to me. He's well, not they're gonna not going to get they're not going to get Mac or Trey Trey Lance to fall to them uh, at twenty four. So that, that's not going to happen. No second round quarterback worth taking. Nope. Uh, not 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 for this team. Not when you already have Mason Rudolph. Like whoever you take is going to need time. And none of the guys past the top five really light up the board for me. So I'm I'm not really excited about any of them really as far as potential franchise quarterback. So uh, they're not going to take a quarterback in this draft, but I, I think the first round almost has to be offensive line because Villanueva is gone and Pouncey retired and it was ugly last year. So I, I think that's the most desperate situation. Uh, I, they will take a wide receiver just for the simple fact that this class is so deep with wide receivers. And I think running back is on the table too. So there's a lot of good it running still bums backs me in this out draft. About James Conner, the James Conner stuff bums me out. They just don't have, you guys don't have flexibility to do anything in free agency. So it's like that. That's where I can't put my head around. Like where do they fit the offensive needs? Will they give James Conner another run? You know, if they fix the offensive line, can they go back to James Conner and, and Benny Snell? Does that, I, I, think, I feel like they could be I, comfortable with that. Yeah, I think that Connor obviously wants to play for the Steelers. I mean, he went to Pitt, you know what I mean? So he's played his entire collegiate career and pro career at Heinz Field. So uh, he would really love to come back if the Steelers can afford him, but someone's going to give him some money. And it's not going to be the Steelers. Yeah, he's a free agent. Okay, see, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, he's going to be gone. And uh, I think Juju is also gone. It's not impossible to work a deal for him, but he would have to take like, the veteran minimum and they would have to make some more adjustments on some other players and then pay him in back years, which is exactly what they did with Roethlisberger. And I feel like for the Steelers, the only, the only position that they'll do those backlog deals for are is a quarterback. That's it. They wouldn't do it for a wide receiver or running back. So uh, those guys are most likely gone. Uh, But you know, Deontay Johnson. So with the team, Claypool takes a step up. Uh, in, in a lot of those situations, and end of the you day, know, you gotta be happy. You need a tight end too. So yeah, there's yeah, they, there's they, a lot of team needs, but the defense is set. This should be the Carolina Panthers draft from last year on the opposite side of the ball, where the Panthers use all six of their picks on the defense. Those should be using all seven picks on the offensive side this year. Uh, in other, I still can't believe this one is going on. Maybe it's my most defiant thing. Uh, Diana Rossini of our ESPN on Thursday reported that the Seahawks are answering the trade calls on Russell Wilson. She reported that the Seahawks are not actively shopping him, but they're picking up the phone. They're doing some listening. And the Roto, uh, I say Roto, the NBC Sports Edge, that's not, that's going to never. There's just always a bitterness in your voice whenever you say NBC Sports Edge. It's like th- that Roto world. Like brand. when you say Alec Boom. You know, it's the same kind of feel to me. It's just like, like I'm going to say, Roto, they, their brand 
was top notch. I mean, you would just literally Roto World was synonymous. And it's like, okay, maybe, you know, I screwed it up a couple of times when I was talking about Roto Wire, say Roto World or opposite. But just the idea of changing the brand is just, it does, still doesn't sit with me, but who cares? Uh, the, the blurb notes that it's, it's a step ahead of where the Texans are right now. And it, I don't believe Russell Wilson gets traded, though there's enough stuff that's still like floating out there. Pete Carroll is the type that I could see make it happen, but there is something in me of like, can you imagine if first off Russell Wilson got traded, but if Wilson got traded before Deshaun Watson got traded, (laughs) can these guys just swap the quarterbacks for each other, by the way? Can they just I do mean, that? why would you do that if you're Houston? You know, I mean, why Russell not? Wilson just has way more miles on him. So. Get Wilson and Tyler Lockett. Wilson and Tyler Lockett for Sean Watson. Yeah, I, but Houston isn't one of the four teams that Russell Wilson's willing to accept a trade to. So. You know the teams or the two teams? There are four teams. That's the report. There are four teams that are out there that have spoken. Yeah, we went over it last week. Uh, it was, uh, I think it was uh, Dallas. Chicago, yeah, the Bears, New England, yeah. and somebody else. I can't remember who the last one was. Was it New Orleans? My, I think it was Miami. It was no, it was Miami because Bubba, I couldn't remember who it was, and Bubba said Miami and he's a Dolphins fan. Boy, Miami so. just hates Tua. They just hate the franchise quarterback. Well, I don't think I don't know so much that it's they hate Tua. It's just if you you know, Tua is still somewhat of an unknown. He didn't have a great year. Uh, you know, he got the starting job and then got replaced by Ryan Fitzpatrick a couple times. So that has to jar your confidence a little bit, even though he's like a happy upbeat dude that seems like nothing will ever get him down. But you know, there still has to be a little bit there, but you know what Watson is and you've seen Russell Wilson in two Super Bowls, So, you know, that there is, you know what you have with those guys. So I don't blame them for at least taking the calls and listening on these stud quarterbacks. Uh, you know, they're, building to be a good team and the Patriots are terrible now. So uh, even with Buffalo uh, being pretty solid, there's some, there's an opening there for them. So uh, Miami could easily become the front runner in that division. uh, If the bills take a step back, I'm still amazed in the entire carousel. There's a rumor out there too, that the San Francisco 49ers had called the Panthers on Teddy Bridgewater. And I guess that has to probably come from some thought that the the uh, Panthers are going to move off, but the Panthers and the Bears' aggression in the quarterback market—it's not like it's not a surprise. You would expect it to be there, but it's just so interesting that they are at the forefront of all the conversations around franchise-type quarterbacks that have somehow become available in Deshaun Watson and Russell Wilson. It just—you just, you just can't have you, you can't have that baseline quarterback, that quarterback that is good enough to start on you know maybe 10 teams in the nfl but not good enough to start for the other 20 that guy is never going to get you to a super bowl you know that's the andy dalton of you know qbs that maybe they get you to the playoffs but they're not going to get you uh deep into the playoffs and that's what teddy bridgewater is and you know the bears don't even have teddy bridgewater in mitchell trubisky right now i still like trubisky for the long term but I think he does his damage with a different team. I don't think it's going to be with the Bears. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the the quarterback market, this whole market, I mean, there have been GMs that have been saying that um, there are going to be a just an, an enormous amount of cuts once we finally get the solidified uh, cap number and teams really start taking a long look at what they're doing as far as getting under the cap before the draft and everything. 
they I think they have to be compliant with the the cap um, at the end of this month. So it, there is going to be a rash of players getting cut. We already see them. N- not anyone enormous, but Golden Tate, Kyle Van Noy. I mean, Kyle Van Noy got a huge contract last year. So a lot of these teams are going to have problems. You know, the Steelers just had to restructure Ben enormously. And Desmond Trufant just got kinda, uh, just Yeah, Trufant just got cut. There's going to be so many cuts uh, this offseason that, I mean, we're going to see a change of players in the NFL that we haven't ever seen in our lifetime this year. It's going to be enormous. I almost wonder if there's this, like, the NFL, it's like a basketball thing. You know how where you see a lot of teams, especially high-competing teams, it's like, all right, our team is built around three players, and then it's veteran minimums across the board. With the cap getting wonky, it almost feels like every team is just waiting to get the quarterback. I mean, even the small market teams, you know, Carolina, they're willing to do whatever they can to pay up for one of these quarterbacks. Miami's trying to do it. And everybody, they're going to spend all the money there. And the hope is that all the teams will be so cap struck because there's $30 million in every single quarterback in every single market that it's going to force the market to drop the price on not great playmakers, but guys like Golden Tate. You know, instead of making five or six million dollars, they're going to have to make like two million dollars and teams are going to be able to replenish. It's almost like they all understand they're going to be able to replenish playmakers because the market is so quarterback hungry. And um, I don't know if that's necessarily the case, but there's so many. I mean, from from Darnold to Watson to maybe Russell moving. There's so many quarterbacks on the move and all the money is being flooded into that. No team cares about quarter uh, running backs anymore. Wide receivers hardly get paid. It's quarterbacks and everybody else on the cheap. Wide receivers still get paid, but you're absolutely right about running backs. Like, you know, and, and they flash that, you know, that stat up during the Super Bowl, the last or after the Super Bowl, the last seven Super Bowl winners haven't paid well above veteran minimum price for their running back. And that's kind of the structure of what's happening in the NFL, but we're going to see exactly what happened in baseball happened in football where, you know, in baseball, it took forever to sign these guys where we're used to the NFL acting more like the NBA and these guys signing super, super quick right after they're released or cut or whatever. That's not going to happen. It's going to take kind of up until draft time for a lot of these guys to sign deals. I think. Yeah, a lot of one-year deals, people hoping to yep. just try to get some type of contract. I, like I like James Conner. I think we could be shocked at what type of deal James Conner ends up pulling up uh, in Jeez. both sides of the market. Exactly. All right, got to go to break in this league. We'll be right back right after this. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. 
Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. come in at least 15 minutes late. I use the side door, and after that, I just sort of space out for about an hour. Space out? I probably only do about 15 minutes of real, actual work. Would you be a good sport and indulge us and just tell us a little more? Let me tell you something about In This League. Friendos, In This League is back. Final segment of Hour 2, which means I'm going to go away. Bubba is coming up. First question to Bubba has to be, Framber Valdez and just put a question mark <laughs> at the end of it. And just listen, listen for the tones of Ugh, Ig. Ugh. <laughs> listen, for I that. mean, the, what what response would you expect? You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly yeah. what it's going to be. So, well, I, but also you got to you got to really press about it. There's nothing more brutal because it's not a victory lap at all. It's not one of those like, you know, hey, you know, like, you know, we, you or I were just talking about this with a few of our listeners we were hanging out with where it was like why I don't celebrate fantasy was that one league. I was up by so many points and then you had Jamal <laughs> Lewis score like you have 280 yards and whatever. It's not quite that, but it's reminiscent of Bubba being like Framber Valdez value. Look at this. And then he literally got hurt to two hours after uh, Bubba did that. So yeah, I, yeah, I it's brutal. And that's not the first time that's happened in TGFBI. I know I can't remember who it was at this point, but I think three years ago in the first one, we both drafted somebody and they got hurt right after we Josh drafted. James. You did Josh. That's James. who it was. Yeah, that's, that's who, who it was. was 100%. Josh James, yeah, so. Josh James bros. Astros pitchers. Just don't take him in TGFBI. That's, that's the rule. I think. That's the key. You can also talk. Oh, uh, no, I have Granky. Uh, uh, talk a little bit. Uh, fo- uh, football JJ Watt with him as well. So uh, that's coming up in hour three. A uh, little shout out to our boy Bogman who made his first appearance over on Fantasy Pros. Video side with Pizapia and Tagliere, if people want to go check it out, because it's really cool what you did, is you took part, you all had teams around the NFL, and you did a full NFL draft, and you were like the manager, and you had, you know, whatever, I think you had the first pick and whatnot. That was pretty cool. People can check it out over on Fantasy Pros Podcast, and I think the video side as well, right? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, and normally I don't, I'm not the biggest mock draft fan, but this one we had a couple, you know, a couple trades, not a ton, but a few trades in there as well. So it was uh, it, pretty enjoyable. And I did a lot of research for the teams that I had to make sure that I made uh, picks that, uh, you know, the fan bases wouldn't assault me for. And I have not, I've yet to be assaulted. So uh, very happy with how it turned out. I'm great. You haven't, I'm really like, Happy for you. you haven't been assaulted. That's a that's yeah. a really really great thing to walk around. So you were you were worried about cowboy fans. I know you were worried. Of about course, that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. So go check that out over on Fantasy Pros Podcast and the YouTube. End of hour two, but ITL goes on hour three right around the corner. It's Baba. It's Baba. Baba, Baba. back. Black sheep. It's Bogman and Baba. We'll be right back. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 